0: I was desperate, you know, at the time I was 17, 18, unemployed, you know, and I was desperate to, you know, to get a break. And I knew that if I did get a try, I would, you know, I would grab the chance.
1: I think it was always going to be boxing. I mean, I stepped into the gym as a 10 or 11 year old. Boxing just took all of my heart straight away. I love everything about the sport of boxing. Hello, I'm Marie Crow, and this is the We Become Heroes RTE Sport podcast, exploring how elite athletes and sports people reach the top of their game and lessons that they learned along the way. My guest today is three-time All-Ireland winning Tipperary hurler, Paddy Marr. Mar. you're very, very welcome. So we're still in the middle of the pandemic. How is life for you right now?
0: Yeah, Marie, I suppose, um, I suppose it's tough like, for everyone else, really, um, you know, kept going and working that, but just like everyone else, kind of striving just to get back to a bit of normality and, um, you know, just back to normal everyday life for us all, really, you know, get be able to meet our friends and and our outer circle of our family, really, you know, to, um, I suppose, the small things that we took for granted before, we're just kind of pining for them kind of moments at the, at, at the moment, really.
1: Big time. And what about being a guard? Like, obviously, people have really relied on the frontline workers and people like yourselves. What's it What's it been like being a guard in a pandemic?
0: Yeah, you know, I suppose it's it's always busy, but it's it's probably been more busy the last uh twelve months really. And it's been strange. Um I suppose all our kind of working hours, our, our roster as we call it, has been changed due to the pandemic and kind of longer days and that. But look, it's 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 it's, it's fine. It's um we're kept busy and I suppose we're very lucky to be able to I suppose go to get up and get out the door and go to work. Um a lot of people are kinda are kind of pinned down in their homes and you know, got not getting to see many people, I suppose. So, um, in that, in that sort, ter- in terms of that, I suppose the positive that we get out and about, I suppose some bit of you know, normality and, and get to go to work every day. But, um, look, it is it is tough going. But look, there's obviously just people in in in, in tougher positions than we are. You know, in the HSC and doctors and nurses and people in hospitals have are having way tougher times than we are. So, um, look, we're just doing our trying to keep up our end of the bargain. I suppose that. Uh, be there for everyone and show some support to the community as, as much as we can through these tough times, you know.
1: Well, you're looking fit anyway. How is it, what's it like trying to to keep the fitness going and the motivation and all the rest when we're still in a bit of limbo and everybody's by themselves, really?
0: Yeah, you know, I suppose it's, it's tough. I suppose we're so used to going out in, in groups of 30-35 fellas, 30, 30, 30, 30 you know, training three, four times a week, you know, whether it's the gym or the field, but now we're kind of Left her own devices in terms of, um, you know, looking after our own preparation and, you know, keeping fit ourselves and on, 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 on our own on her own without having the the group of, of fellows you usually have. So it's strange, but um, but look, I think everybody, no matter if you're if you're a GA player or a sports person or, or just a normal person on the side of the street, everyone's keeping fit. I think because it's the only way getting out of the house and you know, I suppose keeping the mind fresh and and um, you know, I suppose mentally keeping you know on top of everything in your everyday life at the moment is tough so that bit of exercise and that I think it's, it's easy enough for us to go out and do it but um, it's just you know I suppose we're so used to you know having something to aim for and train for it you know I suppose it is a bit frustrating at the moment but hopefully in the next couple of weeks everything might straighten out and we might get back to the normality in terms of you know playing the games
1: I think everyone's looking for a little bit of motivation. So I'm going to go through your career from day dot and just try and find out how you ended up becoming somebody who was top of their game, playing for their county and winning All-Irelands, which is no easy feat. So just like when you were young, like what was your very first, earliest memory of sport?
0: Yeah, I suppose... Um, yeah, one kind of moment or game that kind of... Sticks out in my mind actually, and um, you might smile at this. It was actually nineteen ninety seven All Ireland final, Tip and Clare. Um, I suppose that game was um, kind of really got me attracted to to playing hurling. I suppose I was eight or nine years of age. Um, you know, Tip being All Ireland, and you know, I suppose my parents really driving the the, GAA, the sporting sport side things into us. Um, and that was that's the kind of first game I really remember properly. And um, unfortunately, we, we lost by a point that day, but, um, you know, that's kind of one that really sticks out in my mind and that kind of really got me, you know, I suppose, thinking along the long, long lines of, you know, that's where I want to go and that's what I want to do when I grow up. So um, that kind of really is my first real sport memory that I can properly account really for. I
1: think um, a lot of us are probably in the same boat, looking back on the 90s Hurling, like as a very special time. And I don't think we look back at it with rose tinted glasses. Like it was just excitement. It was mayhem. There was just so much that that came with it. Um, I think no matter what county you're from, it just brought so much drama. But obviously, when you're from Clare, it did bring the glory days as well, which was brilliant. So you're like you're eight or nine and you're getting into Hurling. When did you first realize that you had talent for it?
0: Um, I suppose when um, I suppose you got picked for primary game schools back in 2000, I think I played primary game, the the Munster Finals, 2001, and Tip, and, Tip played, um, was it Limerick or, I can't remember who they played below in Parky Key, but um, I played primary game that day, and I suppose when you kind of get noticed and then kind of small little things, you kind of feel like, oh, I you know people are watching me, or you know they must be watching me for a reason and that. So, and then as you as you progress up along, you know, in the club, in the, we always had a pretty successful club underage, and um, my juvenile club, Door the Soak here in thurles. So, um, I suppose we were always getting to the latter stages at of the, of the championships, them. So I kind of felt like, you know, we could go somewhere, you know, if I stuck at it and that, you know. So, um, it was kind of from the early early years really that. You know, I felt maybe if I can stick at this, that I could go somewhere and, you know, that possibly that dream of, as I said before, to the, you know, watching the lads in 1997, I'll find that I possibly could get there if I stuck it. But, um, you know, it was just the small things like being picked on a primary game panel and, you know, maybe a development squad in the county that under 14, that you kind of said, look, I'm on the right track anyway, but it's um it's a long way to go. But um, that's kind of around that age, 13, 14, I kind of felt... Maybe I could go somewhere if I stuck at it hard enough.
1: So, what did you work on when you were young? Can you remember, like, what what kind of areas of your game did you maybe put a little bit more time into than others, or even just I suppose some people like different doing different things as part of their game? But what for you was the thing that you you felt that you had to work on?
0: Well, I suppose uh, like any young person uh, playing, you know, any sport that you know. When I was younger, I never left a hurry on my hands, you know, like the same as all my friends and uh, a lot of my cousins and that. And no matter where we went, the hurry came with us. I suppose it's gas. We were probably practicing every day and ourselves, whether it was off the wall or over the hurling pitch with a group of friends or, you know, um, and it's kind of something that probably got us there, got us to the quality of what we needed to be to, you know, progress in the game and, it's it's gas down as you get older then you kind of you might negate that as small because you know the gym comes into it and and fitness and strength and conditioning comes into that you might negate the simple things like you know going poking in a wall wall alley or something. So I suppose I to myself I was working a lot on on just the hurling side of things, the skills side of things that you know, day in, day out you were always going to a wall or an alley with friends or the hurling pitch and you know, simulating different times. Type of situation. So, um, you know, when you're that age, you don't really concentrate on, oh, I need to get stronger. <laughs>
1: yeah. You know, I need
0: to get big and that. You know, it's just more this kind of, you want to get on, you want to play with the ball and and, this, and the skills are the more important thing. And I suppose basically I was doing that and owning to myself, really.
1: I know in Six Mile Bridge, it really is just all hurling. Like there's the hurling pitch and everybody plays hurling. Did you play any other sports?
0: Um, yeah, sure. I was actually played a lot of football as well. Um, underage, um, I suppose right up until I was 21, really, um, right up until Liam. She kind of gave me a phone call back in the winter 2008 to giant the Tiberia panel. That's when I finished up playing football because we were only playing for the club and it wasn't taken as serious, but we were pretty successful at it. But um, as soon as, as as Liam rang me that time to come in, that was in the debt. Was all it was all just directed to, towards hurling and trying to play senior hurling. So. Um, yeah, football was major was major in our underage developments Um i would have always actually thought, thought that football helped us hurling wise as well in the club and that you know in different different scenarios and in our fitness and that so um football and i was i was a keen golfer as well Um i used to play golf a nice bit definitely a couple of times a week right up until i suppose um i was 18 or 19 when i just the time started to go away from me then because Going back to the earlier playing team, these demands were, were, were getting greater and greater, so <laughs> something I had to give. So my golfing career ended around eight here nineteen. But um, yeah, up to then it was golf. Golf was a major part of my life too, along with hurling uh, football.
1: And in terms of like, obviously, a lot of hurlers are good uh, golfers as well. Like, was there any potential in you to perhaps take it a little bit further? Or was it just something that you enjoyed?
0: Actually, it was something I enjoyed, like, but you know, I would have played a lot of competitions in the local club with that but um obviously I wouldn't for the time you need to, you know, take it really seriously, but I just didn't have the time to do that. But um it was something I really enjoyed and obviously, you know, like a lot of players playing hurling or people playing hurling it, it does come a bit natural, you know, the golf side of things. Um but um so I did find it a bit easier, but um no, nothing. I didn't have the time to take it on another level, at my desk, you know, <laughs> know, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at a career in golf by no means. Any.
1: Um, I know that you are into into quite a wide variety of sports, just even watching and as a sports fan. But just like when you were growing up, who was your hero then, your idol?
0: Yeah, like I would have, I would have had a few GA players, like you know, um, I suppose around the late nineties, early nineties. Obviously, Tommy Dunn was was a major part for Tipperary, and he would have always been someone looked up to. And um, there have been various club players as well that I looked up to, but um, you know, the, the, I was a mad and my lead supporter, a Leeds United supporter, but just one man that always sticks out in my mind, and and you know, it's it's always something that I always said that I always want to be like, I'd like to be like him, is right key. Um, you know, just even though he played for Manchester United, and I wouldn't have supported him, he was just someone that you know, I was always, you know, my, I was. My attention was attracted to him you know, the whole time because just I just thought he was outstanding and the way he went about his business and you know especially with Ireland and around that time you know before Saipan, you know he's I thought he was just you know he was just a hero of mine and um, again you are talking about the of ninety seven all Ireland sticking out my mind the game against Holland in two thousand one in Lansdowne Road and uh, more or less got Ireland to the World Cup and you know he was a leader that day and you know games like that and. Moments like that to stick out in your mind and kind of say, you know, he really is a, you know, someone to look up to, and uh, yeah, he would have been a a big um, sport and hero of mine as I was growing up.
1: It's interesting hearing you say that because I imagine now that like you've been that hero for many young boys and girls within the county and around the country. Like, are you kind of aware of that as well? That like you're making an impact on people. You could be somebody that is getting young kids into the game or, or even keeping them in the game.
0: Yeah, I suppose you have to be. I suppose it's not no different to when I was growing up. You know, there was various, as I said, Tommy Dunn was one of them, but various Tipperary players that at the time, you know, Owen Kelly was starting out as well, that you would say, look, you'd always, I suppose, they'd motivate you to want to, to be in their position, you know, so look, I've no doubt that many of us on the TIP panel at the moment are, you know, to younger 8, 9, 10, 11-year-olds are saying that, you know, they'd love to be in the position of, of what we're in at the moment and being in that privileged position so look um i suppose there always is a few, a few eyes on you but um it's not something that you really think about well, personally i don't think about too much because you've enough to worry about yourself as in regards to getting yourself in the best possible possible preparation but um i suppose look you do have you do know that you're i suppose giving people a bit of motivation and and I suppose direction in their sporting careers that they want to go down that route, down that path. So um, hopefully we can we can, you know, do it positively and not negatively really, you know.
1: <laughs> Are you finding now that when you're meeting people on the street that they're not asking you about Tip and they're asking you about the pandemic?
0: <laughs> yeah, usually the question I get at the moment is uh when will we be back? When will we be back? Like, you know, we as in everyone, I suppose supporters, players, everyone is just um mad to get back to, you know, attending games and watching games again, you know, so um, I think we're all on the one boat in that sense but, yeah, usually it's just me inside the street, well, are you training number one and when are we going to get back currently number two, so um, look, it's, it's we're all frustrated a bit in that, that regard, but um, look, as I said, hopefully, you know we we'll get through this next number of months and we'll all be back where we want to be in our, in our happy places, whether it's Central Stadium or Crow Park or wherever it is, we'll take it.
1: So you're one of the people that, I guess, from when you were quite young or like in your late teens, you were earmarked as being someone that had a lot of potential and would um, go on to probably do really good things. And a lot of that was because you marked some really big names pretty early on, like the likes of Joe Canning, Underage and Shefflin. Were you aware of what you were doing back then?
0: Um to be honest with you, I didn't really pay much heed to it I suppose I was so young. Um in minor the minor final in 2006, obviously there was a lot of talk with Joe Canning and that point. To be honest with you, I wouldn't have paid much heed to, it. I wouldn't have took much notice to what other people were doing at that stage because I said to you, my at that time I was just, you know, you know, barely just trying my best to hold on and try and make the team and make the panel. Um at that stage. So I wasn't really worried about who was. The opposition teams, I was just like, well, I just had to perform here today and stay on the team or stay on the panel, you know. And then, look, I wouldn't have taken much heat of that, obviously. And When I met uh, Henry uh, earlier on in my career there uh, in 2009, I suppose I was a bit more aware of what was being said and what was going on around me and who, obviously, he was <laughs> and, what he, and what he had done. So, um, But again, I suppose it is easier. I find it was easier when I was younger. Um, a bit more carefree attitude and um, look if, if things go well then you're you're on you're on a winner but and if things didn't go as well then will people say well they're the best players in their in their, in their respective game or team for their team so and um, it wasn't something that really bogged me down um, but I certainly probably was more aware of it as I as I got older and um, starting with my career already.
1: So if you're going out to mark and you know you're going to be marking somebody who is one of the best in the game from an attacking sense, how do you prepare for that?
0: Um, well, I suppose it, it's more kind of later on in my career where I kind of go back and do more video analysis and stuff where you can look over clips of other games and, and maybe games you've recorded that you know you can actually study players more. Um, back when I was starting out, um, I don't think it was really as, that wasn't really as much thought of as it is now. It's more kind of go out and worry about yourself and your own game. Um, whereas now there's a bit more um, time and effort put into opposition and opposition players. Um, but, um, no, not really. to start, I didn't really kind of, whoever was marking, I was marking, you know, and if the coach or the manager would tell you one or two things and address beforehand about maybe certain things they might do, you take it on board. But, and certainly at the beginning it was more as I said goes back to just being more carefree and going out and just giving doing the best you can do and showing your potential and showing her, what you can what you can bring to, to the game you know so um, I suppose I don't know whether it's a good thing or a bad thing The analysis and stuff has come more important because do you overthink things more now than you did before when you were younger you know it's, it's funny like you know so um, but you just go with the times like everything else but at the start no I was more kind of you know, just carefree and go about my business as best as I could, and um, you know. And uh, I felt that would kind of suit me best back then.
1: And um, what about now? Would you lose sleep over over games? Are you that type? If it didn't go your way, after games. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. yeah. Um, definitely, you would. Um, you get really frustrated and kind of. I suppose maybe obviously if you lose, you're disappointed. Um, and you know, there's so much emphasis and there's so much effort being put in the moment that obviously things don't go your way and then you're going to be kind of, you know, you are going to be disappointed, you're going to be frustrated, you're going to be kind of, you know, might find yourself overthinking things, what did I not do right? You know, what did I not doing right in my preparation, leading into it? And, you know, maybe you know, there's different things you could be writing down in your diary, like, you know, I'm going to do this in the game, I'm going to do this the next thing You don't do it and you're like, why, did I, why didn't that come into my mind or whatever, you know, so, there's different aspects, you know, and I suppose that's just comes with the, you know, the game is getting more, more professional, you know, each, each year. Like, you know, if you said to me 10, 12 years ago, like, could the game get any more professional in terms of preparation? I, mean, I said, no way, like, how could it? Like, but here we are, 10, 12 years later. I'm like, geez, this this thing is getting, getting out of hand. Like, how much more, how higher can we take this? You know, but um look, you just move with the times and you move with it and you're always learning. But um, you do, you do get... I personally do would get upset or frustrated after a game. You put in so much effort, you know, day in, day out, to be right and try and get the best result and, and try and, you know, play as best as you can for the team and if it doesn't work out, then you're obviously going to be kind of like, you know, what, what do I have to do to get this thing right? But again, that just comes with the territory of the position. We're in.
1: What has been the biggest change, have you noticed, we'll say from when you started to when you are now in terms of... Um, just how professional it's got, like the thing that maybe surprised you that you're doing now that you never thought you would be doing?
0: Yeah, like, as I said, you know, back when I started out, with, I suppose, senior at the Prairie, like, um, you know, there was, you know, obviously the gyms were getting, strength and conditioning was getting, was getting big at that time. And, you know, it was all about, you know, getting as big and strong as you can and getting, for physicality, I suppose, Kenny were dominating at the time and they were, they known as a physical team, you know, so we were all just trying to get as big and strong and physical as we could. And then, it's, you know, after three or four years of that, then it kind of changed. I felt to more well, it's about being, you know, very lean and fast and agile. And so you have to change it, your whole, you have to change again, I suppose, in terms of your mindset, and, you know, what way you want to prepare and that. Now you kind of find yourself coming back to, you know, you see the likes of Limerick and other teams, or Galway are big, strong teams, but they're fast and agile as well. So you're kind of doing the whole lot now. You're, you know, you're getting big, strong, fast, agile. You know, you're like, you're just doing the whole lot now, really. Like, you know, you're, you're trying to cover every base. And um, that's what I mean by it's, just, it's getting so professional. And, you know, the levels are being driven up every year. And uh, You know, I suppose that comes with, you know, Kilkenny winning. We won a, a bit. Kilkenny came back and won. You know, Galway brought it to another level. Limerick brought it to another level again. So it's always been both level, So teams are just chasing and striving to get the better of another team. You know, and it's driving every team on. And as I said to you, we're just getting more and more. You know, there's more and more emphasis being put on on everything now, really, from strength, condition, nutrition. So as I said to you, I don't know where the where this, where the bar is going to not stop being raised by teams. You know, but um, that's what that's that's what's all um. I suppose elite sport is about, you know, and uh, no matter what sports you're playing. So it, it's very challenging, but it's, it's very, very exciting. Very, I suppose, um, it's great to be part of. Like,
1: So what stage did you think? So you're called into the Tipperary senior setup. What stage did you think, okay, I'm able for this. Like I can go on and win All-Irelands and have a long career and just kind of make it really as a, as a herder because like that's the, the dream and making it is, Playing for your county and you know winning the the Lee McCarthy.
0: Yeah, um, I suppose for me it didn't really click, you know, really really seriously till like you you get on the minor teams and we we I was part of two, two successful minor teams and um, but you're still you're still away from, you're still a nice bit away from you know getting the call up to the senior panel and. Um, I played a couple. I played one year under twenty-one, and we were beaten in our final. Um, and then it's not really until you get I got the senior call. Really, I said to Dean, as manager, at the "Time as well," and, and he called me to come onto the panel, That's when you kind of really, really took focus and said, "Right, this is this is really happening." Um, you know, for me at minor, that you see so many players at minor dropping off. You know, that don't push on and make it, and like you don't know. You need a bit of luck along the way as well, and you know, thankfully, you know, I did okay, and then then campaigns and rage, and then I got a bit of a run on my club as well, and um, you know, so um, it wasn't really clean. give me the phone call back in 2008, said winter 2008, that kind of really hit home. And says right, this is my opportunity now, um, and I have to take it with both hands, Um you know, you, I knew it was on the right path, um, you know, being part of, of good teams um, under age. And being part of a decent club team as well. But um it's not to your, your photos in the door that you really um you know take it and grasp the opportunity.
1: So when you you look at your career, and obviously it's been fantastic, three All Irelands and six all-stars, who has had the biggest impact on your career?
0: Um geez, that's a hard question to answer. Marie. Um,
1: you can give a few. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's so many um people, like, you go, I can just think back to my underage days in Oak, um, in Turles here, like, there were so many people that helped me along the way there, Um, you talk about school teams, you know, playing Harty Cup in Turles, CBS, was a major development in my time, and as well as a player, um, you know, and then, like, I suppose, straight away, three people kind of stick out in my mind in terms of development, like, over my whole career my, my uncle Paddy McCormack would have been a big influence to me in regards as I started playing senior at my club Paddy was coach of us um, and we had a successful two or three years with him and you know um he redeveloped me and you know I, I can say all the, a lot of the lads in the club hurling wise you know as in terms of you know development through hurling training and hurling skills and that and he came back again later on in, in our club Careers as well, there the last number of years as well. And he was very good, very important part of, of all our development. Um, yeah, and Aim and shade will be another one. And um, you know, it makes you think about the game different ways. That's no confusing at times, but you know, he's just the way he thinks about the game, you know, the way he talks to you about the game and gets points across. You know, he's, he's just been a major part of my career. He's more or less been there my whole inter-, inter county career, maybe bar one or two seasons. You know, so he he had he's had a major impact on my hurling career, um, and obviously Tommy Dunne as well. I had I had Tommy as a coach at minor one twenty one and senior on two occasions, and he's obviously present lead our coach as well. So um, Tommy's been a major influence. Like we looked up to him as as a player um as we were growing up, and then to have him as our coach, and he's nearly more determined as a coach than he is as a player, which I don't know how that is possible, but (laughs) he is anyway. But um. You know, it's just the it's different people have touched us, touched me in, in different ways um, positively over my career and um, in terms of my development. But um, them three kind of stand out to me as well, and just in terms of, you know, my hurling career and my hurling development.
1: And if you look at everything that you've achieved, and obviously you still have lots more to achieve, what do you think has been your greatest success?
0: God. Um... That's a hard one. Like just so I've I've been lucky enough. I had a bit of success with my club and and the tip as well. Obviously, um, you know, like my greatest success, like to me, you can, I'm so lucky to have won different medals and stuff like that and be part of good teams. Um, but for me to uh, me, major success for me is actually just getting on, just making it as intercounty player. area. You know, and I said to you, at the start of our our, our conversation here, like. You know, looking back at the late nineties, early nineties and going to the games with my father and my mother and you know, watching all these players, whether they we were from tip or outside of tip, as I said, you know Claire had great teams. There was players I admired with them. You know, I was a great admirer, the good for team as well, you know, and that were very unlucky not winning all Ireland. Um, and obviously the Kenny, the Kenny teams were, you know, I've just heroes of mine and them teams as well. Um and going and watching all them players and seeing what they were doing to people around you in the stands as a young person you know, elderly people jumping up out of their seat crying, laughing you know distraught, happy you know you're seeing what they were bringing to people's lives um, and you're just saying like I would just love to be out there like you know and um, it's something like when you're 9, 10, 11 12 years of age that you it seems so far away and it seems like dreams it's like you win the lotto like you know you, you dream it but you don't think it will ever happen but uh, so just to get you know, to represent Tipperary for so for so long, you know, and being lucky enough then to to be a part of good teams as well. and um, like I think that's it that that's that's the major part and it's been a that's what I would call a success to me, um, is is getting to represent Tipperary and seeing um I suppose as you said you're you're, you're touching people's lives in different ways, you know, and I suppose I take great, you know, satisfaction and privilege that
1: is there one All Ireland that you you know, when you think of all Irelands, when you think of the Liam McCarthy, when you think of Crow Park being full of um fans that y- you just go to that to that one of the three.
0: Um is it one we won, is it, or lost or
1: Well, I can be actually anyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know um, obviously when you win, it's great, it's basically out in your mind. Um, thankfully, I've, we've got overlaying a couple of things, but you know, for some reason the, the ones we you lose stick out in the minds more than, you know, there's a couple of games that we lost um against Kakenny and finals that you know you'd be kinda of saying, you'd be you know, we kinda do we leave it behind us, you know, and you kinda of regret it a bit. Um you know, lucky enough I've I've been part three winning teams. Um, you know, but you'd be kinda of, I don't know, is it the the G A mental mentality or whatever it is, but I am looking back since he could, could it be four could it be five you know, <laughs> you know you're know, you always kind of you always want that bit more you know even though as I said to you my greatest privilege was was getting just to represent and greatest success is getting to represent when I'm being greedy then I want more like you know so um, uh, 2009 I learned I suppose really sticks out in my mind and as you go back to your question really that um, you know it's my first big massive day and it was you know my first season and we were playing against Kenny. They were going for four-one or four, whatever it was, you know. And it was just a game. We really felt that we kind of felt that we could have won, and and um, that kind of always sticks out in my mind. It's, it was a great occasion, but the ending wasn't great, you know. So um, that kind of sticks out in my mind. For I took positive things out of that game, but obviously in today we were there to win, and unfortunately we didn't. So um, you know, that kind of sticks out in my mind really. Unfortunately, to think to be one of the good ones, but. Um no, that kind of really hits home that they
1: are they your just ultimate rivals, even still like Kilkenny?
0: I think the rivalry was just was built up because we played each other so much over the last ten years. Like um as like I said to you, like I have the utmost respect for Kilkenny, like as I said, some of my heroes, people admire the most, play for Kilkenny, like and that played Kilkenny over the areas at the middle of the thousands and even I got to play against some of them like you know which was great um so I don't much respect for them and there's a massive rivalry there but at the end of the day like they're one of the best they were one of the best teams there for 10 15 years you know and we got to play against them on so many occasions and um, they got the upper hand and a, a number of times but we managed to get back at them as well as a few times so they probably were our, our biggest rivalry because we played them so much in such big games. Um you now the, the beautiful thing about t- from Tipperary is we have so many rivalries. I think we have a rivalry every <laughs> county we play with. Of course we're ruled by so many of them, But um yeah, look, it's it, Kenya one is definitely up there still anyway. no bones about that. I think that only really comes more from supporters than it comes from players, like them. So um there's a bit of history to it. So um it's great to be part of them all. It said going to Pint you winner know, from Tipperary, we have a lot of rivalries around, you know, even a monster loan. So um Look, it's great. It's it's all part of the history of the game we're playing.
1: So when you look back at every game that you've played and, or every big game, it doesn't actually have to be big games, but when you think of yourself as a hurler and the type of hurler that you want to be and that you've always wanted to be, is there a performance that sticks out in your mind that you go, right, that's when I did exactly what I wanted to do. That was my complete performance, the performance that defines me?
0: Um. Just to be honest with you, Marie, like any of the games that I I thought I, I really you know stood out and I played very well, and it's like I remember watching a documentary over lockdown with Dan Carter. He said 2005 Lions tour um, against the Lions, they said it was the greatest individual display by a rugby player, Dan, Car- Dan Carter, and The second test or something. He said I was just in my flow, like <laughs> and then Michelle always talks about was that when you're in flow state. Honest with you, any time I got the flow said I don't remember what happened in the game. It just went with it. Like, you know, so like any of the games I think back on where I was, you know, people said you played well in that. Like I don't really remember them because you're just in the zone or in flow, as they call it. Um, and that's the, That's, the diff, that's what I find the difficult the thing about sport is when you're in flow and you come out you say, Gina, everything really went well for me there. What did I actually do that... <laughs> <laughs> you know, what did it actually do that made me play so well, or so you're kind of you're trying to do everything you can to lead up to another game the same as the last game, and it might work out the same. And like, oh God, what what was it like? You know, so um, I suppose when you get into that floor state of mind, it's, it's 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 that's why it's so hard to get there the whole time. So um, it's hard, it's hard to kind of you know define what game or you know, I played the be- my best, in know, like that, but just, just a few games that stand out in my head, but I said, it's, it's hard to remember because, you know, I hope made made sense there that, you know, it's so hard to remember because you were just in the zone, in the zone, as they call it, and uh, I said, Jay, if we could get to that, you know, part of our, our game every day, you know, we'd all, be, we'd all be great, we'd all be playing out of our skins, you know, so um, there's a couple of games to stand out but like, I said it's very hard. I find it very hard to recall some of some of the games of mind, you know, exactly all in one.
1: That makes sense. All right. It's like you're just in the moment living it right then. And I, I'd say that's very yeah. enjoyable. So what about setbacks? Like for you when you think of um the last decade or, or so or even beyond, like what for you has been the biggest setback, the biggest thing that you've had to overcome?
0: Um set setback. I've had i suppose I've been looking up in 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 terms of uh injuries and stuff throughout my career and um, you know see some of the players there that have you know got serious injuries I see one or two lads in my club um you know Billy McCarthy and a few others have got serious injuries and the setbacks they've faced i've seen it through you know Tipperary over the number of years as well um you know, players suffer from injuries and setbacks and you know what they have to go through to get back to the top of their game again. So lucky enough in that regard, I have I haven't faced anything at any adversary in terms of that. Um so the biggest setbacks I suppose I face would really be would be, you know, losing big matches, you know, um and not playing probably well in some of them. Um they're the ones that they're setbacks to me, really, because as I said, to you, you know, you you put so much time and effort into getting yourself, you know, prepared as the best possible way you can. You train so hard. You're you're making so many sacrifices in terms of family, friends, you know, everything in your life. That's it's all just driven to one thing, and you're a bit selfish in that regard. And then if something doesn't work out, then you know you kind of feel like you know, i you mean, haven't performed well. You kind of feel like a fraud in a way that's just like you're putting so much time and effort into this. You're being so selfish in terms of your own. Life compared to your family, or friends. You know, you're not giving them as much as you're giving yourself. And then, if it doesn't work out, you're kind of like, you know, you feel a bit like I said, you're like a fraud. you know, people are looking at you, you think, you know, what are you doing? Like you, you know, it's it's not working out, whatever. So, um, I suppose losing big games is is, is a tough one to take. Um, I suppose we went on a run there from two thousand eleven to right up to two thousand sixteen, where we were getting to you know Ireland finals you know, Kenny will just getting the upper hand and all of them, you know, and you kind of think, like, are we ever going to just you know, is that it have we done? You know, so but so that period of time I was tough. Um I wouldn't say it was setbacks, but it was a challenging time in my career and that, you know, you're always getting to the latter stage, getting the final. We were beating in the replay, you know, different things and you're kind of saying to will we ever get back to, you know, the height of winning Lee McCarthy again and Thankfully, did, but definitely that stage, 2011, right through 15, 16, was a challenging time. And as I said, I wouldn't say it's a setback, but it was challenging in terms of my career.
1: I'd imagine as well, just knowing the nature of being uh, of inter-county um being an intercounty player that it like it's so all-consuming it's so intense and people are so obsessed with it that although you were going through it and living it I'd say people wanted to ask you why it was happening as well like was there times when people were coming up to you going when are you going to win again
0: yes yeah, like we had the answer we just didn't want to tell anybody that was like um, <laughs> you know, exactly you mean but like I said people are so you know, passionate about, you know, hurling or football, but it, GA in general, you know, and then, um, you know, they just want to see their county do the best they can, and then and things aren't going as well, GA yeah, do get frustrated as well, as, as well as the players and that, so, um, look unfortunately, we don't have all the answers when we lose a game, if we did, we would have been in that position, so, um, yeah, look, it is tough, and, but you can see what it means to people, and even now, the times we're living in the last 12 months, you see what you know, sport and means to people and the local communities, and you know, I said, I really what I, I what I give to get back in that situation. I meet the person size the street <laughs> a few years ago. I said, you know, what could we have done, or have the answers to it. You know, so um, yeah, look, it it's, it it does be challenging, and I suppose when you're in the position that we're privileged to be in, and um, we're putting ourselves out there, so we have to take the good, the bad, and whether that's criticism or where it's praise, I think you have to take with a pinch of salt. and, and um, all you can do is try and, and prepare and be the best as you can be, whatever you know position we're in.
1: Is it hard to deal with the pressure though? Because like, like when you did win All Ireland, then everyone was calling for two in a row. So like, you know, it's almost like you get something and then, and I'm sure you're, you want more too. But everybody wants more from you then as well.
0: Yeah, I suppose especially in the prairie, there's just there's, there's a lot of you know emphasis. Anytime the the typical one I learned that that's you not know, can they do back to back? You know, that's just that's always going to be there. Like, but if Tipperary had managed to win two, they'd say, Well, can we do trainer or like you know? So there's always gonna be that bit more asked of you in terms of that. And as I said that comes back to when you're part of elite sports, you know, you see the rugby players there at the moment, the Irish the Irish rugby team, you know, they're always being, you know, they won, they win games and you know, they're being questioned again, can do the Better or whatever you know, or even you know, soccer teams there. So you're always going to be, no matter how how you get to you in the sport, or how high, or how well you're doing. You know, hurling for us, you're always going to be. You know, can you do better? You know, so um, look, it's just that's just talk. That's the GA talk. Especially look, you know, something like the two in a row. Can you do two in a row? You don't do it, then you know you have to start all over again. So I think that's all that, that comes to the territory of playing. You know. Inter-county hurling or football that, you know, eyes are going beyond you and on you as a player and, and on your team. So, um, as I said, uh, you could get praise one week, you have to take that a pinch of salt, you could get criticism the following week. You just have to learn from it and move on.
1: Okay, you're still playing, so I'm not going to ask you what your legacy will be, but I'm going to ask you what's next, do you think, for, for you and for um, Tipperary Hurling?
0: Yeah, sure. I suppose, look, okay, if anything, the last 12 months taught me it's, it's I suppose to be appreciate the small things and appreciate the position you've been in. I've been in since for the last twelve, fifteen years, you know, of getting to play for Tipperary and represents, you know, from mine or i right, through to senior Tipperary, you know. So I suppose if anything it's made me realize how privileged position I'm in. So I just want to get the most out of it as much as I can and not and not, you know, twenty-two anymore. I'm thirty-two. So I know I'm coming to the latter stage of my career, but I'm just taking it um I suppose week and week and as I said, just living in, in the moment and trying to train as hard as I can and when when I can and prepare as best I can and you know put myself in the best position I can to help Tipperary be successful and as I said that's all I can concentrate on at the moment is 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 you know on getting older as I said. So i just look after myself a bit, <laughs> bit better and just try and get the most out of it as I can because I said I suppose we've had a kind of a taste of what it's like to be taken from you so um, you know I don't know what I'm going to do when I retire because I in the last 12 months taught me is, you know you're so consumed into this one thing that you have for the last 10 or 12 years that when it's taken away from you you're kind of you're lost a bit so um, hopefully we can just get back training as quick as we can and get back to enjoying what we've been doing since since we're 7 or 8 and um and seeing where it takes me uh this year anyway
1: Well, I think you speak for everybody there when you say we just wanted to come back soon. Polly, thanks so much for sharing your journey with us. It's not over yet. So best of luck uh, for the season ahead. I hope everybody enjoyed listening and watching. Please subscribe, like and leave a review.